We're in there shopping. <laughs> Did you see the way he just... <laughs> and this little shit decides he wants to play hide-and-seek without telling anybody he's going to play hide-and-seek. He just disappears. <laughs> and I'm looking around for him. I can't find him. I'm hollering for him. His mom's hollering for him. We can't find him. <laughs> so now we're kind of freaked out. Somebody's taking, taking him. He's like five years old. <laughs> cowboy boots on. Well, cowboy boots on <laughs> and shorts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the So Fucking Awesome Show. My guest to my right is Mr. Chip Davis, the one and only Chips and Dip, Chips Ahoy, the Chipster, Chipperoni, <laughs> the one and only, uh, my dad. Uh, he's a great guy. He's the one who uh, started me at drumming at a very early age. Uh, and it's just progressed into what I am now. I'm not like a great drummer by anything, but I uh, give it my all. And, you know, I tell you, I give that dedication and that motivation to you, you know, to see you still apply yourself to drums these days. And uh, my co-host, my left again, is Mr. Chris Haley. Nice and uh, we'll just let you go ahead and take it off and uh, just tell us. Uh, actually, actually, there was a couple, which is Covington Chip. All right. So since I grew up with you, this is going to be a very uh, personal. No, no. Uh, So Covington, tell me about. So your you skateboarded. I remember right because there was that one long hill in Covington. A little. I did some skateboarding a little. Yeah. Um. You know, of course, my thing was playing drums and being in band and Mm -hmm. doing that stuff, but. Yeah, I did have a skateboard, and yes, we did uh, go down the hill. <laughs> Dude, it is a steep. It is uh, steep. Steep I mean, 12th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steep 12th Street. Um, in the wintertime, when the roads, you know, would get uh, snow and ice, they would block off the top of the hill to not let cars go down it, but we would go down it on sleds and on cardboard and whatever. So... <laughs> You get top the hill and you'd have kids on Hermes Avenue watching for cars <laughs> and we would slide down the hill that way. Um, one year we had two kids on a sled and they double stacked on top of each other, was going down steep 12th street and a car came. And uh, so they kind of went to the left, but on the left side of steep 12th street coming up the hill was parked cars. Mm. And they went up underneath one of the cars, and the kid on the top broke his short collarbone. Oh, shit. Uh, and got wedged underneath the car. We had to lift the front of the car up to get the kid out from underneath the car. But Damn. Damn. One of my uh, early childhood members, I don't know how old I was, <clears throat> but we were going to... Where'd Grandma live? Right there, where all her flowers were. 
Uh, Pike Street in Covington. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. So Pike Street, I remember you guys had went out to the casino, I assume, I think it was, or maybe a night out, I can't remember. But the hooker across the street. Oh, that was the living in. <laughs> uh, two doors down from uh, your grandma's house was Herbert Thelma's Bar, which is there, and had they, they had the best cheeseburgers in the world so if you go to Covington mm-hmm. go to Herb and Thelma's get a cheeseburger there's that plug yeah there it is <laughs> I'll expect some yeah but there was that. I look out grandma and had it, a big bay window and then right across the street up the hill a little ways from that bar was a bar called the Living Inn and uh, all the hookers stood in the front door trying to get clientele <laughs> to come in and here I am and like Brooke was in the window I, you know we pulled up and <laughs> Brooks in the front window with his tongue stuck to the window. I became a man that night. <laughs> oh, uh, we were talking about this last night. Tell us about the cowboy boots he had, like when he was younger, oh my man. God, I told you. Do, do you know? Was it? Was he thinking he was a cowboy? Was he emulating something else he saw on TV, or was it just these were his boots? Uh, these were his pride and joy. He he wore them things with shorts. <laughs> <laughs> he. If he was in his underwear, he had his boots on. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I don't exactly know. I got pictures. <laughs> Should have had him bring them. Uh, Fuck. We'll put, it yeah. in, we'll put it in the edit. Right. Right, right. So, yeah, he had these gray kind of snakeskin boots. Um, one of my favorite stories of Brooke when he was little, this around he's five, Sunday morning, and the church bus was coming through the... Park to pick kids up. Rolling Acres. Uh, or no, no, not Rolling Acres. Northwood. Yeah, Gold Coast. Northwood. And the church bus was coming by to pick up the kids to take them to Sunday school or whatever. And Brooke was outside playing in the yard, and I just happened to glance out the window, and as the church bus comes by, Brooke's out there with both birds up, (laughs) flipping the church bus as it's going by the house. (laughs) Brooke, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Sounds all right. Get your ass in here. <laughs> yeah, church still isn't a thing for me. Hmm. No, it's cool. I uh, yeah, I got some fond memories of. I still, I still remember, uh, you pitching like woof a ball to me or something, and yes. I hit you and hit yeah. you in the nuts with the baseball. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic. Yeah, I remember that. Thank God it was a woof a ball. And I, t- I, was, I mentioned, so this would be, on the last episode, I had talked about uh, me humping everything. Do you want me to tell the story? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one he said? That tub. I was <laughs> talking about... Hookers across the street, cowboy boots, and humping everything. This yeah, I told him about... They're all coming together for me now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking about where mom had lived over there across from the bowl. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if you yeah, were talking yeah. to mom then. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I just remember they had that. I had that like that three foot tall stuff to Donatello or something, and I yeah. would just like hump the shit out of that guy. I didn't know you were humping that thing at the time. Yeah, and he he caught it up with it. So Chip, you what were you? You're 25 when you met mom. Yeah. Yeah. 25. When I transplanted to Illinois. Transplant. Why'd you do that? Um. Well, my sister and my mom was like, you need to get out of Covington before somebody kills you or you kill them. So, Oh, yeah. So, the, yeah, the whole Covington chip, this is what I'm talking about. I wanted to talk about not exactly how, like what your life, it wasn't like radical. I mean, kind of, I guess it was because uh, Grandpa Bobby is dope as fuck. But uh, 
what was so? How old were you when I was born? Eighty five. You'd have been twenty, right? I, yeah. Because yeah. you were five years old when I. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So. <clears throat> You'd have been 15 and 80. So what was it like growing up, getting your license in the 80s? What was your first car? Because I do remember the the Cutlass? The yeah. red? No, no, yeah. no, no. What was the red one? Red Trino. one? The red and white one? Yeah, I think it was fucking dope, dude. My first car we was got a that story too. 1972 Mach 1 Mustang. Really? It was 250 bucks. set on this farmer behind his barn. For a long time. And I bought it. The back quarter panel on the driver's side was smashed in. And 250 bucks Had 351 Cleveland 4-barrel in it. It would get up and go. Um, if you looked at it from the front of the car or on the driver's side, it looked really cool. Once you went around <laughs> to the <passenger> side, <laughs> not so much. A little beat up. Um, yeah. Little beat but, up Betsy. Um, I drag raced that quite a bit back home um, with a buddy of mine named Ray Ray Craddock he had a Nova oh, okay. and, we, and we'd run the Mustang in a Nova mm-hmm. deadly duo um, deadly duo but uh, I was young dumb and stupid and I didn't realize that if you didn't have good tires on the back of your car <laughs> uh, the tires were bald and uh, the one time that I wasn't racing the car or speeding in it I was going down a hill on uh, Cow's Lane, Turkey Foot Road, out of that area. And uh, it just rained just enough to make the road slick. And as I was going down the hill, the car hydroplane. Oh, hell I, yeah, dude. I turned completely sideways, and I was traveling down this road, and my car was coming to a stop, slowly slowing down. And this lady in this big old Cadillac coming around the bend, she saw me slide, and she didn't stop. She just right into the side of the car, totaled the car. Um, that was the end of the Mach 1. <laughs> How old were you then? 17? About 18 years old. About 18. Damn. See, unfortunately... This is during college? Uh, it was No, it, right at high school. Yeah. Right at the... Okay, yeah. So, unfortunately, they changed the laws about having mandatory car insurance when I turned 16. And my mom was like... I can't afford to pay for car insurance for you, so you don't get to get your license when you're 16. I've been driving since I was 14, mm-hmm. but I had to wait till I was 18 to sign for my license on my own um, because mom couldn't afford the car insurance. Right. So, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. So, what was your, uh, well, I guess it would have been Kiss, wouldn't it? Your band of choice back then? Um, Were you part of the Kiss Army then? Oh, yeah. He he did not hesitate with that answer. (laughs) He says, oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, Kiss was the very first concert I ever went and saw. 1976, I was 10 years old. (laughs) He's got it down March 7th, fucking 76. (laughs) It was in May. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> it was May. Let's get May the deets 14th. right. <laughs> Let's get the deets right. Uh, the Grandpa Bobby took you to that? No. No? Your mom? No. no. I, I went, and my best friend, uh, Kenny Glore, went. Wow. Ten and, years old, just fucking going to concerts by themselves. Yeah, Could you imagine? Yeah, the 70s. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I, it was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're fucking not wrong. <laughs> Parents like take you over to the suspension bridge and say, now walk across the bridge. The concert's right there on the other side. Say, you remember the stuff we did when we were kids? Would you let Layla do that today? Oh, fuck no. No. <laughs> no so that's sir. how he was able to go to concerts when he was a 10. Yeah. But, but the world was different then. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm yeah. saying. Like, it was, it was easier. Yeah. I don't know if it was easier, but Not, no, but you have more yeah. people. Your, your community, like my neighborhood where I grew up at, if if we were messing up, screwing around, doing something stupid that we weren't supposed to do. Everybody's mom was your mom. Neighbor come out and kick you in your ass and send you home, and then they call your parents. Hey, I just kicked Chip in the ass because he was doing something <laughs> stupid. Yep. And then my parents get on my ass when I get home because that's the way it was. I mean, the, uh, the parents look out for all the other kids in the neighborhood and... Right and um, and you you always knew when a stranger coming your into your neighborhood, you know our neighborhood consisted of two blocks. You go you went past two blocks and somebody else's turf, somebody else's you know, and you know if you were by yourself and there was three or four of the people from the other turf, they wanna they would jump jump you, you or <laughs> yeah. chase you or or you make friends with them, but you know, or the case may be yeah free for all you know. Um, you know. Save your own ass. No, I feel that. Yeah, I. Uh, was I mean, sh- like today, you don't. A lot of people don't know who their neighbors are. Yeah. So who's your next door neighbor? Brooke. But. <laughs> but I, I'm saying in, in general. <clears throat> I mean, I know mine, but yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you though. Yeah. Especially the bigger city you get to. Yeah. So what was your next car after that? Yeah, the 76 more. Mustang. He's just over here fucking hot rodding. Uh, no, it was no, just he, the cars back then, man. But but you got to realize cars were cheaper then. Yeah. And the cars I was buying was junk cars. Yeah, I, say, I mean, like, those have been out for so long at that point. That was like me when I bought a Ford Focus. It's a 10-year-old car. That's just what you can afford then. Right. So this one was, uh, it was mostly blue, but... <laughs> Blue but, and rust. but there was a lot of primer, uh, different color on Bondo. The, well, yeah. uh, there might have been some Bondo in it, but right. Um, I remember I had Roger, your uncle mm-hmm. Roger, put a an eight track player in it, and I used the house stereo speaker. Fucking dope. And wired it up, and it had the uh, sunroof that cranked, had a crank handle mm-hmm. sunroof. Damn. And uh, so when you went to parties out to the park or whatever. You could pull your car up there and crank open that sunroof and then take that speaker out, set it on top of your car, <laughs> nice. and then, you know, play your eight tracks, you know, Eagles Greatest Hits or something like, you know. Right. And. That's dope. Thought I was cool then. No, not so much. <laughs> no, but uh, you did, however, uh, got a scholarship to Georgetown University. Eastern Kentucky University. Or Eastern, sorry. Correction. Nope, nope, nope you're fine. Home of the Bulldogs? Colonels. Oh. No way off. Did you do your research for this episode? Well, Bulldogs were the my high school mascot. <laughs> nope. Ah. Yeah. High school. High school. There you go. That was close. That was close. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, yeah, you now also, uh, you, you were a drum teacher at our local high school that we have here in this town. And then now you run your own drumline institute. In this town, do your own parades. You have your own marching equipment, and uh, what do you? Uh, what's your goal with that? 
and we'll say we'll say five years. I mean, you know, I just take it one day at a time. To be honest, yeah. Um, I I because you you're doing really well now. I mean, you you're playing baseball games. You know, Cubs. Cubs Cardinals games, right? You play? Did you play we, that? Well, we we played for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what team they played. Um, it wasn't the Cubs though. Oh, but um, it was Jacksonville night mm-hmm. at the stadium. Oh, right. Yep. And uh, we were invited down to play for Bush Stadium. Right. And uh, which we did. Then we went to. Um, then I got a phone call from some people in St. Louis wanting us to do the Fourth of July parade. And um, in this past year, but. I told him I was already committed to doing Jacksonville, our hometown um, parade. And uh, so they said, well, we want you for the Thanksgiving Day parade. So um, this year we're going to go down and um, play the Thanksgiving Day parade in St. Louis. It's kind of like the Macy's. It was. I was going to say, I'm like, next stop Macy's. So, I mean. (laughs) Well, actually, I've sent them an email. and. and, (laughs) Yes. uh, I I love it. I love the drive. I respect it so much. I have to... uh, Wait till March. You have to submit your want cool. to do it in March, and you got to put a resume together of what you've done. So right now, so you're pushing for some more, like more high end or high spectator. Well, I, I I'll tell you what we've done. Uh, last year, we went to Kings Island uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. We played in Northern Kentucky at the Boo Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Friday night, Saturday morning, we got up. We went to Kings Island, performed. And then Sunday morning, we went down to my old high school, Holmes High School in Covington. And oh, yeah, um, right. we were going to do a performance there, but it was raining. So I kind of canceled the performance because of the rain. Uh, but the kids did get to go on the campus and see what my old high school was like. Right. And we got some pictures of them up on the balconies of the of the building because my high school was a castle in the 1800s. It's, it's, it's um, my high school is like in my heart. It's That's what's up. That's badass. It, it is uh, one of the best parts of my Childhood was the high school. Cool. That's what's up. Drumline all ages, or is it? What is? Uh, what is your drumline all ages? Yeah. Well, I I have a beginners class that starts out about six or seven year olds, up to like eleven, and then middle school kids through high school. Um, I have some kids who just graduated, but I have them come back and help us out when we're shorthanded. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'll let them actually perform with me until they're 21. And the only reason I 21 is the deadline is because of a DCI drum bugle corps. Right. Uh, so I figure it has something to do with like a school, yeah, school uh, yeah. tuition or like grants or whatever you're probably, you know, able to get. You know what I mean? I'm sure that it has to have a cutoff. Now, I'm sure I could walk in and volunteer all I wanted. Yeah. Right, yeah, you know. You know, if, if I had enough adults that wanted to do it, I'd put an adult drum line together. Right. I'd do it. It'd be awesome. I miss it. I, I, I would definitely put an adult drum line together if, if I had enough adults that wanted to do it. Yeah, but they're, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd do it. I'd do it. Who's, who's going to lead us? Did uh, Park do marching band oh yeah uh, what he plays it sounds like he would have i, th- I think he did it sounds about right there's still well, just his style that yeah he we'll have to so. get we'll have to get you back sometime and get you here with brandon he's a he's a phenomenal drummer i grew up with him he's a amazing world touring drummer yep world touring drummer he's amazing he was uh the i don't know was he the drummer for like five or six years uh it it's like a, an album and a half or something like yeah, that worth yeah uh of this death metal band out of colorado a legion 
Allegayon. 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 <laughs> Plug for them. Uh, they just lost their lead singer, actually. <clears throat> but uh, and now he's just a good old country boy running lights and farming growing, pumpkins. Yeah, and growing pumpkins. And uh, <laughs> doing fiber optics. No, he's a, he's a good cat, though. He's a phenomenal drummer, but I'm not sure if he did marching band. I think he did. It's, the way he plays, I think yeah. he did. Yeah, he's but, a... Once, once you're a drummer, you, you'll, you'll, you'll never stop being a drummer. Right. No, um, I feel that. I'm part of so many drumming pages, and there's so many, I mean, you know, old-timers or boomers, whatever you want to call them. But, I mean, they're, you know, they're all still there with these immaculate fucking kits that they spent their adult money on. You know what I mean? Like... No, Faye said something about wanting to play the uh, the quads, quints, when we were there. I was yeah. like, so I was going to see what what the age range was. She'd be right perfect to get started right about now. Um. Yeah, so, you, you know, bring them out. To, I always tell the parents uh, that are interested in coming to JDI, I invite them and I invite the, ch- the kid, come to the practice and just sit and watch. It won't cost you nothing. Come in, watch what we're doing, see how we're teaching, and see if you like the style and if they think they'd be happy. Cool. And if you both are happy with it, sign on the dotted line, come on in. Um, like the beginner kids, only charge 20 bucks a month. Um, that's five dollars a lesson for sure yeah um the older kids i charge fifty dollars a month and there are some kids who can't afford it and the ones who can't afford it we find some community service with the church for them to help out with or something you know that needs to be done and as long as they're willing to do that then they get to do it for free oh yeah that's cool Um, that's awesome yeah so yeah that's uh jacksonville drumline institute Yep. Uh, you just have a Facebook page, or do you have yep. a dot .com? Uh, we have the Facebook page. Yeah, okay. Yep, uh, Jacksonville Drumline Institute. That's in Illinois. That is not in Florida. We've been asked that. Yeah. We've gotten, uh, there's a house of ink in Florida, Jacksonville, it? Florida. We get, we for a long time, uh, we got each other's mail. For yeah. a long time. That's wild. Yeah, I've only ever found, uh, well, I mean, not as far as business-wise, but another Brooke Krause there. I think she's in Missouri, and she's like, some highly respected doctor or author, one of the two, I can't remember, but but it's Brooke with an E, and it is the last name, Krauser. so shout out to her, wherever she is. <laughs> <laughs> she must be listening to this. But yeah, so I was telling a little, little tidbit about Jake, uh, that's my brother and uh, Chip's son. Uh, he went through a phase where he added nothing but Jacob Davis's like added all the Jacob Davis's on the internet oh, like on God. Facebook you would <laughs> like, you're such you a would. <laughs> that would take forever that would take forever <laughs> why <laughs> it's Jacob <laughs> I was gonna say it's Jacob Jacob that sounds like something. yeah we all you know, my brother I remember one time when uh, I heard this I heard this saying but then my parents caught me saying this saying to Jacob cause he's a ginger okay <laughs> And I was like, listen here, you little redheaded pecker on a poodle. And Chip was like, I think I got grounded for like a week for saying that. <laughs> this whole, every story he had last night was, I did this, got, I, I got grounded. I did this, I got in trouble. I did this. <laughs> oh, if, you, if you let Holly over here to discuss being grounded, she was like, I was grounded my whole life. Like, no, you wasn't. Barely. I was grounded my I was whole saying, life. I can, I, I can see him. I got grounded for spray painting license plates. I got grounded for squirting uh, all of Chip's Gillette shaving cream out the bathroom window and blaming it on Charles. There was something you did last night that you, what was it you were talking about? I don't know what it was now. Mm. But 
It sounded like he was quite the troublemaker back then. He was the troublemaker back then, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Yeah, this, stories this, on stories. This little shit. Were you around for the, the was it, uh, we'll just call it J.C. Penney's, when it went ahead in the clothes rack? It wasn't Penney's, it was, it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kmart? Uh, no, it, it's over in Lincoln Square Shopping Center. It was like yeah. where Goodies is. Yeah. That's, I don't remember the name of the store, but it's like where Goodies One of those, yeah. Yeah. We're in there shopping. <laughs> Did you see the way you just... <laughs> and this little shit decides he wants to play hide-and-seek without telling anybody he's going to play hide-and-seek. He just disappears. <laughs> and I'm looking around for him. I can't find him. I'm hollering for him. His mom's hollering for him. We can't find him. <laughs> So now we're kind of freaked out. Somebody's taking taking him. He's like five years old. Cowboy boots on. Well, cowboy boots on and shorts. <laughs> shorts and suspenders. And anyway. Um, oh, shit. So we tell the management store. So they lock the doors. They lock the doors and they've got everybody looking for him. And he still won't come out. He's just in there giggling is all you're doing, man. <laughs> he's hiding in his clothes rack, the brown clothes rack. He climbed up in the clothes, and he's hiding in the rack. And the only thing you see is his boots hanging out the bottom. Anyway, yeah, so once we found him, oh, talk about livid. Mm. His mom took him out in the car and spanked his butt. I just cussed him the rest of the way home. Funny that this story is being brought up because it was just... We'll say, I think it was just like literally two weeks ago, but we're in JCPenney's, my daughter and I, and she fucking does that, right? She fucking jumped in a clothes rack. Like, she was right behind me. I turn around, and she's not there, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, where are you at? She didn't say anything. And I'm like, if you don't get your fucking ass out here right now, said so I'm busting it. And she just bam clocked out of the popped out of the clothes rack. And I was like, listen, I was like, I did that shit when I was like five years old. And I was like, I had the whole store looking for me. All right. I was like, I got my ass beat. All right. Don't repeat what I did. The mother's so, curse works, man. So I hope you have a child that grows up just <laughs> like you. So you can see what it's like. Yeah, no. I've said that for years. Yep, no, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my repentance with my second child for sure. No, yeah, but for real that's what that's what she did and uh yeah but, but see she was smart enough to come out when you hollered for her <laughs> you on the other hand <laughs> i'm winning this game <laughs> they never finding me oh yeah troublemaker <laughs> yeah uh to say the least but i yeah i do remember when santa i don't know if it was the same store had given me a piece of hard candy when i was young and i it got lodged in my throat <laughs> And mom's like right there in front of everybody with her hand down my throat, pulling out the <laughs> yeah, flip top head, and her arm was down his throat, about to his to her elbow. <laughs> Pulled it out. Uh, that's your tonsils. Put that back. <laughs> so yeah, pretty funny. But uh, yeah, he do some mischievous stuff, um, just random, stupid stuff. Like right. we went to visit my mom, so we're at my mom's apartment. And Brooke goes in the back bedroom to play. He's got some toys, figuring, whatever, action figures. And he's supposed to be back there playing, being a good child. And uh, I am not, we, spoiler alert. We go back there, and he has got a knife from somewhere, and he has cut up the bed rails of my mom's waterbed. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't cut up the waterbed. I, I, yeah, I've been there, I, unfortunately. I'm like... Why? <laughs> Just why? It was there. 
Why? You could have cut anything in the whole world, but why did you have to cut up the bed? You know, destructive little fucking shit, man. And I, it's crazy because I remember. I mean, I was not saying I remember doing it, but I remember like getting in trouble for it. Oh, you got in trouble, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally remember getting in trouble for that. So, major the person you are today, right? Yeah, I'm a very disciplined person now. Self-discipline, motivation, dedication. Uh, well, actually, more or less uh, embracing the ADHD because the knowledge is out here now about that. You know what I mean? And back then, it was just, it, you know, obviously people were still learning about it. And they were just like, here's this drug that worked on, like, we'll say 100 kids who had ADHD. And then so let's give it to the rest of them. But it just dumbs you down and zombifies you so much that when it wears off, you're right back to being a fucking... Well, what it would do for you is it would dope you up while you were at school, so you behaved at school. By the time you got home, it wore off and you was three times worse than what you was before you was taking the medicine for that. And when we had taken you to the doctor about that, she was like, we're going to try this for six months. And we'll check with the school and see how you progress and, and, and all that stuff, and which was fine. We did it for six months, but then when we went back to the doctor and said, um, so what do you think, and have you talked to the school? And she's like, no, I haven't talked to the school. And I was like, well, wait a minute. The whole deal of this was you're going to try this drug because mm-hmm. I didn't like taking drugs, right. you, you know, no. of, of any kind. Still don't to this day. And, right. And... Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not going to follow through with what you said, then for six months we've doped you up to go to school, but then you're three times worse when you come back home right. from school because you're bouncing off the walls because it's wore off. Right. You know, so I, I was not a component. I was not a fan. Right. I might have been wrong, but. No, my at, parents did the same thing. They, at, they, at the we time, tried it for like three or four months and they're like, this ain't, yeah. this ain't right. Right. But if the I, knowledge was out there like like it is today, I'm just saying the internet and everything else, TikTok has opened my eyes to all the other people who have ADHD. And then, like, it's the exact same stories. The 80s babies, ADHD, here's, you know, into the 90s, blah, 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 we'll, we'll drug you up. And then, you know, uh, the 30-somethings now, you know, um, understanding, like, hyper-focusing and what there's, how to strong point that. You know what I mean? Right. You Use know, it to your advantage and not... Yeah, I might go head force into, you know, or full force fucking head first and then, you know, spend all this money hyper focusing on something like this podcast right here and just making it happen. Like I do it for me. There's not I'm not looking for any monetary gain. You know what I mean? It's just something fun I wanted to do. And then I talk to other people who I'm like, hey, I'm like. If I had a podcast, would you guys just want to do it to hang out? You know what I mean? It's just to shoot the shit. You know what I mean? To get people not necessarily out of their element, but break break the cycle of your everyday norm, you know, and get over here and just talk, learn, you know, from every uh, Rabbi Rob Thomas. What did, what did he say? He lo- loved being around other people because he says he feels as himself. He's just a collection of everybody he's ever met. You know, he tries to learn at least one thing from, you know, well, we can all someone, learn something from everybody. someone else. Yeah. 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 And so I thought that was like really awesome. And uh, so that's also a client that I'm doing work for now that he uh, was down to come over here on the podcast and check it out. So 
What's got your attention over there? Just realizing how many shows we play with Murder Theory. <laughs> a lot. All of them. Every one of them up there that is with Zurigo is with Murder Theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about Chip's uh, band projects. I like the one I like. obviously grew up to was <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. And uh, oh, I'll never forget they covered uh, Weezer's Hash Pipe, right? So that was like this, the trending song at the time or some shit. And so on, I will say, I think it was a Ford, but the Aerostar, yes. Uncle Kevin, rest in peace, brother, uh, was driving it. And I wrote, uh, I've got my hash pipe or something like on the back windshield in the dirt. And then like I drew like a hitter and like, <laughs> and then Kevin got pulled over. <laughs> well, well, there's more to that story. Oh, uh, that's the story that I that got. Was a, that yeah. was the young child knowledge of the story. Well, the band, well, what happened is I had Kevin. What had happened was we put all the, the equipment for the band in, in this Aerostar band and we were, went to a gig. I think it was either Root House or Whitehall or one of the bars there. Hat Tricks in Whitehall or uh, Garners and Root House. I don't remember which one, but we played out that night and Kevin come and watch and he was driving my van and I was driving our car with your mom, whatever. And, uh, mm-hmm. we were banging his free drinks, you know, so we're drinking all night long and then buying drinks on outside of that. And I probably had a gal in the moonshine that we passed around a little bit too. And, um, when we left the bar, Kevin's like, I'm like, man, are you sure you you can drive? Are you okay? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I can drive. I can drive. Sounds so, all right. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I make it home, and Kevin don't make it home. He he get pulled over on in, in Woodson, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he went to jail that night. And they oh, and they took the van and <laughs> the equipment, the equipment, the equipment, the equipment, the equipment, and, and I had to go get it the next day. Um, but so it was not because of me, you motherfucker, you for 25 years. Twenty-five. believe it is because he drew a picture on the back of the car. Yeah, you know, like, probably didn't help. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, but it wasn't the because of. Right. It was. It was more of the. Driving sporadically <laughs> side, to side. side to side, side to side, hash pipe, and <laughs> and he was probably hitting the hash pipe. Yeah, he, he was probably was. Yeah, and uh, like you said, rest in peace, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, man. it's funny, dude. Yeah, but uh, we had some good times. What do you think of the name of the show? I was told this this joke dates back at least thirty years, I, you know, and so I don't know why. So I there's no significance behind it. I was just like, one day I was working, and I was like, uh, I'm going to think of a name for a podcast. Because there's always, they got to be fucking just weird. You know what I mean? Not weird, but just off the wall. Yeah, well, we tried one called The Last Show. The Last Show? Yeah. So yeah. You know, did you listen to The Last Show? It's it's nice. kind of like coming up the band name. Mm, yeah. Uh, I always thought the name for a band, the best name for a band would be Free Beer. Free Beer. So yeah, if it's on the yeah. marquee tonight, free beer. You'd always have uh, a crowd. Look at that. Look, put that in the fucking... I better go start a Facebook page about it right now. Before <laughs> someone else takes it. I mean, it was better than Dirty Sanchez, I thought. I mean, Dirty Sanchez <laughs> is fucking hilarious. I, it's I, great. And the sad part about it was I didn't even know what a Dirty Sanchez was at the time. I mean... And then I found out, and I was like, oh... 
<laughs> I think I found out when you found out. Yeah, so I knew at a young age you found out it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, man. So back to uh, growing up in the 80s, I guess, early 90s. I don't know. Uh, when, when did you come to Illinois? When was that? May of 1990. Oh, so then you went went right to Capitol Records, right? Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole deal was, if I found a job within two weeks of me coming here, I would stay. If I didn't find a job, I was going back home. Oh fuck! And the first day I was here, I got a jo- I got a job at Capitol Records and got hired. When I was in high school, I cared about two things: playing drums, chasing girls. Yep, yep. That was it. That's right. all I cared about. That's all I wanted to do. Right. Um, I did not try in high school. I did not apply myself like I should have. Um, I'm the youngest of six kids, so I seen all my brothers, all my siblings, uh, they would graduate from school and go to work, get married, have kids, and have families. Um, I was not ready to do that. I still wanted to play drums. Right. So my senior year, I had made up my mind my senior year that if I failed my senior year, I could play another year in band. <laughs> so my mind was that made up. I ain't doing shit all, all right. year long. Right. I'm going to school. I'm going to chase girls. I'm going to play drums. And I'm going to fail. Then I'm going to do the same thing next year. Right. <laughs> and um, the principal called me down to the office like after the first quarter. He goes, M- uh, Mr. Davis, we know what you're doing. And it's not going to work. <laughs> I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, you're going to graduate this year. And I said, well, you can't graduate me if I don't do anything. He goes, Mr. Davis, listen to what I'm telling you. You're out of here. At the end of the year, you're graduating. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was stubborn, and I was like, well, we'll see. Yep, right. yeah, we'll see about that. Right. Um, so... My senior year, I did exactly what I said. I was going to band class, skipping other classes, and going back to the band room, and then hanging out with the girls. That's just what you did. That's what I did. And then uh, mom had a heart attack. And when she had the heart attack, um, I went to the hospital, and it was on a Friday. No, I don't remember the date. But... Um, <laughs> It was the 83, 84 school year. So it's somewhere in that ballpark. Oh, hey, we got to narrow so, down. So anyway, um, she said, um, Mike Jones was a kid that was in marching band with me. And his parents was taking him to Eastern Saturday morning to do auditions for scholarships. And at the time, I didn't know it. But she told me later that the reason why she wanted me to go so bad, she goes, all I want, she goes, I want you to go with them tomorrow morning. So she's in the hospital. I said, well, that's what you want me to do. That's what I'll do. But I found out later that the reason why she wanted me to do it was in case she died, she didn't want me to be there. Oh. Uh, So um, I went with them on that Saturday morning, and Mm -hmm. we had solo and ensemble earlier in the year, and I had done a drum solo called Drum Corps on Parade. Had all the rudiments in it and that kind of stuff. And I went down, and I played that for my audition. And uh, they offered me a four-year scholarship uh, from doing that solo. So you're just kind of like, well, shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to play drums again next year, but it ain't going to be at Holmes. It's going to be at Eastern. Right. And um, 
so and I and I did fill out a place. They had what they called honor night at high school, and all the kids who got scholarships got to go up on stage and was you know got an award or whatever. And I was up there with all the kids who worked their butt off all through high school to keep a GPA average. And then there was me up there who was a slacker who didn't keep a GPA average. Right. Um, so I kind of felt a little out of place, but, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Right. But you had to, you had to feel at least a little bit like, I don't know. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> yes and no. You know, I kind of, you know, because I, I thought, man, these, these poor kids, they went home every night. They did their homework. They turned it in. I mean, because I, to be fair, I kind of feel the same way. Like I spent my whole high school four years drawing non-stop drawing and notebooks i would take like two parts of a note and then it would just be the rest of the page would be drawings and my parents used to get so mad that's all i would do i never did any homework or anything like that and i mean honestly if i hadn't done that through all of high school i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now so I mean, right it worked right. out so, in the end so we found our passions early in life yeah. what what we wanted to do correct um so but then when i got to college i didn't know how to study i I didn't know how to do the homework. I, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't mature enough to make myself do the homework. Right. So, um, I was digging marching band. You learned a new show every week. You learned new songs every week. And that was a good challenge. And I loved it. It was great. But to keep a GPA average, to keep a scholarship in college, I was sucking and college sucked. I had no support, you know? Right. Um, my mom's in Covington. And um, I didn't have a car. I had a 10-speed bicycle, you know, um, at this time because I didn't, couldn't afford to buy a car. Any of your other siblings gone to college? No. And so, you know, there was all, it, it was just a weird time in my life. I wound up staying a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped out. I just, it was, it was depressing because I couldn't keep up. Right. Music-wise, with the band and stuff, I was fine. But my other classes, they were just holding you back. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't hang with the big boys, and I had to drop out. Right, and so I did, and went back home. No, I, uh, I, I respect all of that because uh, I'm not just like I'm not getting political, bringing the school situation up to it. But I mean, it does open your eyes that you know the school system uh, should have been teaching you different things. All throughout, not just your childhood, you know, but But, your mom's childhood, you know, and then teaching what really matters, you know what I mean? Not so, while we're talking about that, um, music's very important, right? Um, we wanted you to be president because we were going to say that every house in America was going to have a drum set in it. Well, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think they should. I think every kid that's born should get their first drum set, yeah, yeah. So, Um, but uh. But no, schools here mm-hmm. in Illinois are defunding the music programs. Yeah, I did read about um, that. They don't feel that it's important. Of course, I don't think they think math and reading is important anymore either. But uh, that's another story. But as far as music, uh, they've been trying to cut the music program for a long time. They did. They, yeah. they did cut fifth grade band uh, here. Mm-hmm. And um, I fought against that. Um, they were saying that you need foreign language and driver's ed and you don't have time to be in band, is what some counselors were telling 
students. Right. Um, but, you know, we did the research. Jam, Jacksonville Association of Music. Yep. Uh, here in town. We did research years ago um, and found that Eastern Illinois University and Western University, Illinois University, uh, would give scholarships if a kid could play an orchestra instrument, a cello, violin. They would give them a scholarship because there's no orchestras in Illinois. Jacksonville just happens to be one of the schools that still has an orchestra. And you probably didn't know this, but, um, you know, the time that I was at the high school that I volunteered my time up there, I, I volunteered my time 14 years helping a drumline here. Mm-hmm. And in those 14 years, there's plaques all around the band room wall for the jazz band. Probably a 20-year reign of the number one jazz band in Illinois. And I love sports. I love football. I love baseball and all that. But if that was a football team that was number one for 20 years, there'd be a billboard here in town with bright lights on it and spotlights on it saying, mm-hmm. we got the best football team ever. Right. Well, you got the best orchestra ever. Right. And you're and, not highlighting and, and that. And nobody even knows it. Nobody. If you're not in the music program, you, or, you don't even yeah. know that it exists. Right. Which which is sad. You know. It is. So pick up an instrument, learn something. I mean, it's not it's not really hard. I mean, well, the whole part of it is is it's music is just like any other foreign language. That's what it I is. Got, it's a foreign language. That's, mm-hmm. what, I, that's how I graduated. I didn't take any Spanish because I took music theory, which was considered a foreign language, and that's how I graduated high school without taking Spanish or any other foreign language. Huh. Right there, you go. Because it it counts as that. Mm-hmm. And music is universal. You can go to any country and pull out a sheet of music. And it's the same as shooting music here. Yeah. Current. Yeah. Maybe we should start speaking in music notes. Math and math and music, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the, it's the language of the universe. Go hand in hand. Yep. Math and music. What's your preferred drum set? Like, if you had, I'm not. No, here's five thousand dollars. Well, here's What's your dream drum set. Yeah. There you go. That's the question. Know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've never thought about it because I've always been poor, so I've always bought what I could afford. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew you were a Tama I mean, guy because, I, I mean, you were a Tama guy. I was a Tama guy. You know uh, what I mean? I got Pearl Exports now. My first set was Ludwig. Anyway, I got Pearl Exports now. Yeah, that's um, what sits in there. Yeah, so behind this studio or in front is my <laughs> drum showroom or drum studio, <laughs> drum uh I would call setup. that a kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love your, it. Your, your drum kingdom you got set yeah, up. I'm surprised he hasn't set all of them up into one like massive. I drum do set. not have the room for that. Maybe Who's next summer. That no, no, you got plenty of room to just just dick around. Uh, yeah. You could do it. I'm surprised know. you haven't. That's that's what I'm waiting for. When you set them all up, <sighs> then I'm gonna come over and make big old yeah, Neil Peart. Yeah, Neil Peart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on it. You need to, what you need to do is make up a big circle like that, but make the drum throne with two seats off one so you guys can just rotate on one drum throne and play all the drums oh, together. that would be awesome. That would be kind of I'm, sick. That would be kind I bet of you dope. haven't done that yet. Hmm. Something to look into. Gears <laughs> are turning now. So. Hey, hey, that would be dope. Yeah, because, uh, I, yeah, I have four drum sets. I have another friend that he's still hounding me for it. I'll get back to you, I promise. He still wants me to buy it. I've got three. Yeah. 
I don't have any anymore. I wish I did. I need a new. I need to get an electric drum set. Just didn't mess around on. I thought so. Yeah, that's what I thought about my thought about my next adventure would be an electronic drum set or like selling all of these and getting a badass electronic. I wouldn't drum sell set. all of them. You want to no. keep at least one that you can play out. Right. Because I mean, electric drum sets are great, but there's something about the sound of an acoustic drum set when you're playing live. The you can feel the, it. the whole. See, I, I'm not big on the electric drum set for playing out. Exactly. Uh, a lot of people are. And and the reason why the people who are not drummers like those is because they can turn them down. They can turn them down. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They, Our band just got an electric drum set, and it's been so amazing for the last month being able to like walk out of practice without my ears ringing. Right. <laughs> Be- because, um, well, a good percussionist will listen to the whole ensemble and if they need to play softer they'll play softer huh uh a, a good a good percussionist <laughs> a good percussionist will 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 do that you know and you can use a regular drum set to play I, the problem we had run into is just it was, it was such a confined area and it's got a tall ceiling so it just echoes really bad so we ended up it just bounces getting, off the yeah, ceiling and comes hits you right everything, back everything guitars and everything by the time you get everything leveled up to an even level it's just madness so it's been nice to be able to turn down, at least practice. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't want to play out with an electric drum set. There's something that's, it's like reading a comic book as opposed to reading a digital. There's something about like it being there and feeling it and like. Right. Because when, when you're playing an, the electric drum set, it's more, to me, it's like beating on a drum pad. It, which basically it is because then you tune them. So the sound comes the response, through your speakers. And, yeah. And. And, I mean, you can really make some really cool sounds. I mean, you know, I grew up in the 80s, so I listened to bands like Prince, and you could put the hand clap in there and <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. But, um, you know, let's go crazy. But uh, it, it, <laughs> Yes. But, no, I, I'd rather have a regular drum set than an acoustic drum set playing out any day of the week. What about a mix, like a hybrid, maybe like a full... Acoustic drum set with like three or four pads thrown in there for whatever a clap. Oh or whatever. yeah, yeah, sound yeah, effect. Yeah, 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 sure. That that'd be cool. Um, I think know. that would be the ultimate like setup because then you right. have you have the best of all worlds. Then right, but I wouldn't want my main like bass snare and right. my tom my main toms be uh, an acoustic or like triggering your triggering your kicks. If, do you right. know Do you know much about that? You know what triggers are. Um, no, I'm old school. Oh, I was uh, gonna say, I say, you're, yes. you're the first person ever told me about triggers on a drum set. Yeah, yeah. So, or I'm always slightly above not knowing level. I know how that they do stuff, but I'm not really sure. Right. No, um, I do not. I do not use triggers. No, there's nothing triggered on there. I mean, there are times where I hit replace stuff. So when I bring, so I mean, I'll still play. I'm playing what you're hearing. You know what I mean? I just track that in a program. And I can take that drum set and turn it to whatever drum set I pretty much want. You know what I mean? I'm just hit replacing my tom for somebody else's badass tom. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. We do the same thing with our guitar amps. Our guitar amps have different The preamps and, yeah. Oh, we yeah, can yeah. be like, okay, we want to sound like Pantera. Here's all the effects, the full amp set. We the tones, make our amp yeah. Sound. And right. It's the same idea, I guess. 
Right. It's not it's not but, taking away from your ability to play the instrument as much as it is just changing how it sounds. Like right. I guess you're right. Yeah, I want more. I want electric kit for more of like uh, if I'm content creating, doing drum videos, because it's. It, I think for me, it would just be easier nice to practice. dial in. The responsive, you know, I can do a lot of. I feel like I could play metal better with a better response instead instead of. They've come a long way since last time I played drum, like drums too. They got some well, nice yeah, pads. yeah. They've got some newer, nicer things that oh. feels like the mesh heads. Yeah, that, the, that, the, uh, dude, yeah, the mesh heads. Even the even so, you can have that as your tom, and then there's sensors for a rim mm-hmm. on top and bottom that you can change those. To be whatever you can change it to a clap or change it to you I know a rim shot. How far they had come until we just got that it's drum set in practice. Wild. Right. See, I haven't messed with the electronic drum set in probably two years. Yeah. You know, so a lot of changes in two years. Yeah. But um, I'll have to show you the I, Jay Weinberg him playing on one. I, I will have to say, I go back to when you were a kid and you're learning. Uh, I I remember coming home from work and. You were in the garage and you were playing on my drum set and um, you were frustrated. You're like, I can't get it. I can't. I can't get it. I just can't do it. And I said, Brooke, what first thing you need to do is quit listening to what I listen to, <laughs> and play the music you like. Listen to the music that you like, and practice playing that. So. A week later, I came home and I noticed I had two bass drum pedals, two regular bass drum pedals, <laughs> put on the bass drum, <laughs> and next uh, to each other on one. Yeah, yep, yep, yes, yep, that's yes, yes. Too. Yeah. So, I I come home and I'm like, I hollered at him. I say, hey, I see you've been working playing uh, my drum set, and he goes, Yeah, I'm, it's getting better. So I was like, Okay, play some. So I think it was Slipknot he played, <laughs> and. Um, he got on there and his little legs was playing the double bass in between the snare just, and the floor tom. Yeah, yeah. He just had his legs together and he's like <laughs> with his feet, and I was like, "Damn, that's impressive." <laughs> and uh, and he got up and I high fived him. He went in the house to get ready to eat supper or whatever it was, and then I sat down and I tried to put my feet together. To, <laughs> <laughs> and there was no way in hell that was working. This is no way ass motherfucker. I was like, how in the hell does he do that? And to this day, I'm I'm totally impressed with the speed of Brooks' double double bass. How was it raising, not raising, but uh, mentoring a left-handed person playing drums? Well, you know, I told him he could switch the floor and the snare to the opposite side if he wanted to do that, and. But I come home and he never switched it. Yeah, I was gonna say to this day and, and, he's never. And, and he and he plays open armed. Yeah, he plays open armed. Goofy foot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he plays as if he's right-handed, which I I think that's impressive. But but still to this day, there's certain beats that I can do like this, but if I do this, I can't do it. So for example, I doubt these people hear it, but it's just like do do that that beat right there. But if I cross it over, it's it's. I still hear it on that side, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. my dump because that's I what, comes down I lead, memory, yeah, I lead with my left a lot. I, you know I mean, what I mean? When I start that. a roll, I'm you sure know there's what exercises you can work on to like break that. Habit. I have. It's got to be a muscle memory more than in, it is. Else. Right, it, it is. It just comes down to your basics. Going back to practicing, take a drum pad and start yeah. practicing your rhythms yeah. and 
and I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I, that I don't do that. And I probably haven't done that in 20 fucking years. You know what I mean? And that's probably why why I'm, I guess I'm at a stone wall right now. And that's why, you know, uh, well, I have been working on, uh, I don't know the name for it, so I'm not going to drag it out, but it's just, you just, you you go, you go left, right, left, right, dude, dude. You know what I mean? So it's da, 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 da. You know, so it's yeah, six beats, but then you add to it. You know what I mean? But so then you can go, uh, Tom one two hits, Tom two two hits, and then your double so, kicks. So you know what I mean? Sixteenth note, basically one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but two. then yeah, also I you know, so my upper is left handed, and my lower is right handed. You know what I mean? So I still do dominant stuff with my right kick, but I'm left hand dominant up here. So when I, it should be left foot dominant when I do my role, but it's not, you know, so I don't, it's very, it's very weird, you know, being unorthodox behind the drum set. He just didn't do it because he was too lazy to switch the two or he just was like, <laughs> I, I can do this. Just leave me alone. Kind See, of I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. I, I think it was, uh, no, I don't want to take the time to move the, the snare Hell and, the, no. the, and the floor Tom around. Right. Um, and then I think the other part of it was the stubbornness that I'm going to get this, you know, once, once he realized that, Hey, this, this shit might work. I'm going to do it. And then, well, as you can see, when he puts his mind doing something, regardless of what right. it is, he pretty much, regardless of good, done. bad, or ugly, he, he'll do it. <laughs> like you, man, all I cared about was just playing drums and getting chicks. I mean, I just wanted to excel at something. Hasn't changed. Has not changed. <laughs> no, but I enjoy it now. You know, I, uh, I mean, that's what I was telling him. I mean, I understand that we're all adults, not just you, but just uh, everybody that we kick it with these days. And I'm like, if younger me could look at myself now and I'm like trying to get people together to jam, you know, I have a house that we can jam in. You know what I mean? House. Temperature okay, controlled. Get, get yourself an electric drum set. Uh, temperature controlled. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not practicing in the storage unit. We're not practicing in someone's garage. You know what I mean? Where the weather is just beating up the drums, you know? Like, it's just there's all these variables now, you know, that I can't even, you know, minus you, you know, trying to find people who are even dedicated enough. Like, there's all this talent just wasting away around me that I try to get them, I'm a, I guess it's out of their comfort zone now. I think but, it's that, and, you know, people just find different passions throughout life. They find, you know. Well, people settle. Um, you know. Hard. What, what, what happens is, you know, when, when we're younger, we got these big ambitions and goals and stuff. The problem is that while we're chasing those, the right people don't see the right people, you you didn't play in front of the right people. And what I mean by that is everybody who's made it big had to be found by somebody. Mm-hmm. So they were at the right place at the right time with the right people in the audience. This is what I tell my JDI kids. We go to these events and we do parades and we do performances and I tell them to always be on your best behavior and always put best forth your best performance. And I say, because... You never know who's in the audience. And I just told him this over the weekend. You never know who's in the audience. And so my examples to them is we played at Bush Stadium. As soon as Bush Stadium was done, I got emails and phone calls from people that I don't know asking if we could come and do the St. Louis 4th July Parade, the St. Louis Thanksgiving Day Parade. Right. 
because of the performance, and they saw us. The morale booster. The right, right people saw us right. and has invited us to these other things. So yesterday, we did the Teamsters picnic, company picnic at Bo- Boondocks in Springfield. And while we were there, the lady came up to me and because, you know, people only reach out to me by messenger or email or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so I was like, well, thanks for inviting us to do this. She goes, well, I saw you at the Concord Parade. And when they said we needed an entertainment for our company picnic, she goes, you were the first person I thought of. That's cool. So two examples of being at the right place, the right time, and somebody seeing what we can do. And so there are a lot of musicians who are awesome musicians that will never be found because the right people weren't there are not seeing them perform or play. Right. Um, I always thought that of Matt Cummings mm-hmm. from Carrollton. This guy's a guitar god. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, blues. Uh, he's just phenomenal. This this kid is phenomenal, and I swear, and I've told him for years, that if, if he was in any state besides Illinois, you know, if, if he was in uh, California, Texas even, because the blues, mm-hmm. or Tennessee, or... Somebody would snatch him up and give him a contract in a heartbeat because he's he's that phenomenal. I think there's a lot more of it today is that people just don't have the passion they thought they had or they were playing music for the wrong reasons. Uh, instead of just playing drums because you enjoy playing drums, they're playing drums to be a drummer. You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to enjoying the craft of it. Especially with, it's so easy today to just record, just sit down and if you've got a little guitar, like just just do it real quick. And then so that's what I mean. It's so easy to record something these days that I feel like I'm not saying everybody should be a music producer or a songwriter. No, but it'd be, I'm it's saying just that it's easy to just put it down. Yeah. If you're actually a, if you're actually an artist dedicated and you like to it what enough. you're doing, you're right. not worried about it doing anything. You just want people to hear it and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and and that's the difference between your generation and ours. When we were, you know, in my heyday, when we were doing this, I would have loved to have this, you know. I mean, as far as, you know, we turn on the stereo at home and play along with records or whatever, invite some friends over, you know, that unless you got a cool gig or something, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you can now, though. You can always right. get yourself a drum set, get yourself a nice little laptop, or that's all you got to do now. So and that's, you know, and even if you didn't want to, I'm like, and that's why I just say it's like your phone call, you can come right. Like, I don't give a shit. You can call me whenever come over and just jam like i would just be happy just to see some like i don't i know that you're teaching drumline you know what i mean that your 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 not priorities what's what i'm looking for your energy is being directed somewhere else at the moment. and, and I, I feel like i'm not saying that your your hobby or your absolute passion which is my absolute passion um i don't want it to like fade away from you like you know when's the last time that you absolutely sat down and enjoyed yourself behind a drum set and I guarantee you probably, I mean, you might be able to tell me when, but I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, when did you enjoy May 4th. Yeah, I, I know. 2018. Well, I remember the last time that we were all behind a drum set. It was me, you, and Jacob was uh, Father's oh, Day fun. fucking like 10 years ago. You um, know what I mean? South, On yeah, Pioneer or Pioneer, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, we were just talking about that. Um, Phil. Yeah. Laura's dad came up and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about that. And she goes, uh, Sharon, his wife, was like, 
you guys need to break out the drum set again and have another little jam session. Mm -hmm. That was really cool when you guys did that. And I was like, yeah, it's been a while. Because he, pl he plays drums, too. Is there a place in your house you can have a drum set set up? Oh, I was going to say, you got you got enough room. You should be able to have some little nook that you can tuck well, away into. It, when we first moved in, I was going to make, there's a room down in the basement. I was going to make it my music room. Okay, see, mm -hmm. I've never, I haven't been down in the basement. And, but then. Um, is it fully finished or is it? Uh, no, not? it's just. It's but, brick. Brick. But um, anyway, um, right now my drum set is in cases in my garage. And, um, but because we had so much other stuff, there were some, uh, Laura's mom had passed and we, she got a bunch of furniture and stuff that we had to bring. Stuff and, happened and, and stuff happened. got put and on. Then, the, yeah, yeah life to, happened. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you have those things. And, um, anyway, at some point, I mean, I enjoy playing, but I got to the point, I guess I'm old and I don't want to play in the bars every weekend. And when you get with a band, you know, you get some really ambitious people and they're like, all right, we need to practice three nights a week. Okay, that's cool. I understand that. So we go and practice. You work out your song list. You get your song sets together. And then it's book time. And then, you know, you, you start out, You well, we'll just book out twice a month. You know, that's a good round two, you know, two times a month. And then once it gets started, then it's, Boom, you're booked every Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. And I can tell you, working at mobile, working 12-hour shifts, I can work, go to work 6 in the morning, get all 6 at night, go home, jump in the shower, already have my drums loaded in the Saturn. Mm -hmm. They always said you'd be a redneck if you get a 10-piece set of drums in a Saturn. <laughs> and jump in a car and go to a gig and play a gig from 9 until 1, Break everything down, get everything loaded up two o'clock, drive back home, get home three or four o'clock in the morning, take a shower, go back to work six AM, work to six PM, go home, shower, jump in the car, go play a gig, come back home, and then, you know, I'm working, got a family, so I'm trying to take care of both and play drums, you mm -hmm. know. So you spend three days of working 12 hour shifts and getting an hour of sleep. And then you come home on Sunday and then you just die when you get off work at six o'clock. <laughs> Cause you've been up for as long as you have. The entire working weekend, and right. Um, and then the other guys in the band, they don't have jobs, <laughs> Yeah. you know, so they party all night, they sleep all day and then they get up and they're ready to drink and party all night again. And then, you know, cause it's they finding, don't have families. Yeah, I was going to say it's finding, it's finding the right, the right people, the right people that you can, you know, rely on and, yeah and and then you know then you know some guys are like well you show up at the gig just just in time to set your drums up and get started yeah that's because i have a job yeah. and i have a you know and i'm sorry that you don't have a job and you can be here at noon and start drinking you know before the gig but yeah and and then you know that causes bad blood between people who you think your friends and no and that kind of stuff but you know i i've got to the point now that I'd love to go out and play once or twice a month, but not make it a, a full-time job. Right. Um, you know. See, I would, I mean, I, I, I'm i not itching to play out. I mean, I would do, I want to do big shows. It's like I was jamming with those guys before uh, a couple months ago. And I just wanted to, you know, get on to be announced schedules, you know, for big bands and just play those shows. Like, it's nothing against bar shows. I just feel like there's enough bar bands to do that. You know, like that. I feel like they got it covered. 
like I'm good. Like I'd like to play covers with my friends, you know what I mean? But I like to do I'd like to do a rendition, you know, like make it our own and then record it, you know, and maybe, you know, with this day and age of the internet that just example, system of a down, you know, would it would come across their FYP or their their YouTube, you know what I mean? And you know, they're like, wow, I really like this. You know what I mean? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like, I don't know, it's the the internet these days. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was getting ready to argue with you about, like, you got to start somewhere. You got to start in the bar because that's where you start. But then you said the internet. I'm like, you know, you're right. No, they, right, so we might- should be embracing the, like, hey, we have this way of getting out there without having to do the yeah. every weekend gig thing. Right. right. And so you guys, I mean, today, a band could get together and just never go out. Never yeah. go out in front of a crowd. Just and then, just and then okay, have millions. It sucks though. It sucks though. Trust me. We've been playing for three years. We haven't got to play a gig. I'm itching to be able to just be in front of people and right play out. But but you know, to, for practices and rehearsal things, you guys can record what you're mm-hmm. what you're doing at practice. I'll, right and then, then go and there. Back and right then, then and there. And and then look at it and say, well, wait a minute. You know, I hit a couple wrong notes over here. Let's change this up and do this and let's try this out. Mm. And then you can actually see and hear, you know, back but in my then, day, we had a cassette player and <laughs> you push record. Pay studio time. Yeah. Hope you got uh, the speaker or the microphone in the right place to be able to pick it. Right. 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 <laughs> and, um, and of course we didn't have a soundboard. So everybody just, you know, there was a guitar amps and then the drums and, and that's where a good drummer will play soft for you. You know, if you got to play soft, you play soft. You use dynamics, basically. And, you know, like I tell my JDI group, you know, we're all group, we're all playing drums. So you got to learn to listen to each other. You know, there's times when the bass drums are loud and need to be loud. And there's times when they're supposed to be soft. There's times when the quints are supposed to be soft. You know, you got to learn dynamics. You got to learn to read the music. And, uh, and And I do my best to teach the kids how to read the music. Uh, I can teach kids to play by ear pretty quick because they pick up, you just play rhythms, you know, yep. and and it, they can emulate that, you know, mm-hmm. and, but then if I show them the 16 notes that I just played on a piece of paper, they don't know what it is. So then I explain, this is counted one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a, that's a 16th note. And that's what this looks like. CDs four, four notes, double bar. Mm-hmm. There's four of them. That's your 16th notes, you know. And I show them measures and where repeats are and codas and stuff like that in the music. So not only are they going to get to learn how to sheet play music. drums, but they're going to learn how to read sheet music as well. I tell you that it's uh, they'll come back to help them later in life, wherever they choose to go to, if they continue music or anything. Because I'm I'm glad that I did learn those types of things in high school and marching band and uh, music theory and stuff because going to program. I played a lot of uh, industrial techno. I made mu- a lot of music on that on the computer, and to be able to do that, you got to place every single note, and you got to know exactly: is this a sixteenth note? Is this an eighth note? Is it going to be a, tri- uh, a triple within that, like a half rest pause, whatever right. it is? So that's really helped out, honestly, in a surprising way. That when I did learn it back in the day, I would not have estimated or guessed that that's that you how would I'd use be it. utilizing it like this. Yeah. yeah. I know what timing signatures are. That's really helped me out in re- learning to re- figure out which way to record things. And just a lot of little things that you don't realize that having a school-funded music program for kids who are... Yeah. Because otherwise... How these, important these, it is. Well, these kids will never be able to find that outside of a school. It's one thing to... If they're 
if try and parent, don't yeah. go with it. Right. But if the kids that would be into it don't have the access to it, you've lost a Jimi Hendrix. You've lost, a, you know, sure. any of these musicians that like had the opportunity to just stumble and be able to try something out and then became great at it. Right. And that's why I feel like I am just a motivated friend to not let like your creativityness in you go. You know what I mean? Like, even if you just do one one drum video, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You have it. Now, what if you see it and you watch it all the time? Because I, I just watched, uh, like, six of my own drum videos today while I was cleaning because I was like, I got... I tell myself I'm going to put out a drum video a week, and I've slacked. I haven't put one out in a month because I've been doing other shit. You know what I mean? And not saying that I have viewers out there that are just, like, waiting on me. You know what I mean? Because that's right. not the case. But... If it becomes the case, then I need to get on the grind and be able to stay and do that. You know what I mean? So, like, I watched my own drum videos today. I watched, like I said, five or six of them, and I'm like, I really need to do a drum video. So, what if, you know, yeah, I do one drum video for you. Even if you're the only one that watches it and you get the inspiration and you, you're like, man, like, that felt good. That looks good. Oh, I, uh, I definitely want to come and, and, and do it. And, right. And, and, and we'll, you know, I cause... I, I do love to play. Yeah. Um, but here lately, what I've been focusing on, uh, you know, with, with JDI, you know, I work a day job and then yeah, I do JDI of course. two nights a week. Yeah. And um, when I'm, what I'm working on right now, I had four seniors graduate this year. So I've had to move kids around and I had to promote some kids from the beginners class up right. to the big kid class. Time to advance. Time, time to move up. You, I mean, but yeah. they've been with me for three years. Right. So I know what their levels are. Right. So I've moved them up, but now I've had to teach these new kids. Uh, we, I have six songs in a set. We had two complete sets, and I was starting to work on our third set. So uh, of music, so we can do a thirty-minute show, no problem. And um, so I had to take a step back when I lost four seniors this year. And reteach these kids that I brought up. And then I took kids that was playing bass drum and moved them to snare and, you know, moved kids around. So now I've got to reteach them the right. first two sets before we can move on to the third set. On average, how long in your head? Do you have a game plan on how long do you think it would take you to have them learn it? Or uh, in three months, they've learned it. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've got that. And then what I also did is to have a third set because kind of like you saying a drum video a, a week or a, month right, or a backup plan yeah i try to do my year starts from october to october so um this is my fourth year and so um i was starting to learn my third set because the first year i i didn't know where we were going. Right. Now that it's kind of established, come, got established and we're moving, I feel like that um, I needed to have six new songs for this year. Right. And um, so I went back, and back when Jacob was a freshman in high school, I taught the high school kids all the features that they do today. Everything they do today behind the football stands is the stuff that I taught Jacob's group back in 2006, 2008. Right. So I'm like, those are not the high school's features. Those are my features. Right. They can still do them. I don't care. 
but we're going to do them as well. But I'm not going to do them in Jacksonville. But when we go to outside of Jacksonville and surrounding, like we went to Hannibal and mm-hmm. Raymond this past sure. weekend, yeah, and we went Springfield, I can implement those in into our show, right? Because most of the kids are in the high school band; they know them. I just had to clean it up and then teach it to the kids that didn't know it. So that's what I've done the last two weeks. So now I've got three complete sets of that's features cool. that we can do. I like that. And um, and so now the six songs that I had set out to learn this year, now we're working on those. It'll take me two or three months to get them to learn those six songs and memorize right. them. And then once they get them memorized and learn, um, then I'll choreograph them. And then that's where... I'll just sit around and think. I'll, sometimes I get a chessboard out, and I'll set out chessboard, and, and I'll use pieces from the chessboard, and put them in the in the blocks, snares, quints, cymbals, bass drums, mm-hmm. and I'll listen. I'll just replay the song over and over again, and then I'll move the pieces in different formations. That's cool. Well, uh, Where'd get, you learn that from? Uh, I just something I started doing. Really? And um, so so I use the, so I'll, I'll use the chess pieces. And listen to the song and count out the measures, and then kind of move them here, there, and that. And then I'll oh, try to think of some. He is of... he is a chess player, ladies and gentlemen, because I play chess because you. Yeah, yeah, I taught you how to play chess. Yeah, I was in chess club I too. I didn't know how to play chess. Yeah, I was in chess club. Me and Regan play every weekend. Really? really? Yep. yep. Yeah. I haven't played chess in a long time. Yeah. Got her well, a nice, nice glass episode. and wooden chess board for Christmas last year. We, we there play you go. Time. I got a glass, a glass set of Do you? Uh, pieces of chessboard. But, but yeah, moving them around, yeah, like chess, yeah, yeah getting everything. Yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of move them around to kind of get an idea, and I'll get me a little piece of paper and pen and put, okay, they sure. can do this, this, and I'll kind of make me some little notes, just remember, because I'm old and see now. And then um, I'll go back to the thing, and once I get the music memorized, I'll have them come upstairs, and I'll take a uh, speaker, and I'll just play the song, and I'll say, okay, I want you to move here. I want you to move there. And these counts. And this part of the song, you're going to do this. And then we'll just practice it with speaker, just going through the moves. And then once I feel they got a good feel for what I want them to do, then we'll strap the drums on. And then we'll have them play it and do the moves with it. And then that's where I critique it and, and change things around and add different things to it. And then it might look really good the first couple times, and then I'll come back in, and I'm like, well, I really don't like that, but we'll change this right. round to this. And it's really, it's, it's, well, you've seen the outcome. Mm-hmm. So you didn't take marching band in high school? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I wasn't in Jacksonville. I was Franklin. In, in Franklin. Right, right. So, I mean, and then, so like I said, I got chip teaching me. From five until I mean I'm going I'm playing I'm in school and I go home to him and you know I see him play and he's you know we're just, it's just you know daily learning right and living with the teacher basically you know and um, so by seventh grade Miss Mr. Bircher the 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 I don't even know what his background was a teacher because when he got fired or let go or quit from our high school I don't know where he went after that Turner. I just know that he ended up at at a Taco Bell too, oh. <laughs> yeah. He was a he was a cashier at Taco Bell, and I was like, wow. I was like, that's pretty crazy. And so by seventh grade, he couldn't he couldn't teach me any more than whatever. But I do remember that I was in grade school, uh, and he had came there to get snare drummers, and so he did 
a pattern on the cafeteria thing. And that's when I got to be in fifth grade band in third grade. Yep. Would you play in marching band? Fucking snare. And you oh don't even get oh, me no, started. I, I played I snare. I played snare my, my eighth grade year and I was like, never again. Oh never man, again. being no. listen, my all right. My freshman sophomore year I played kick or uh, kick drum, uh, bass drum, and then my junior senior year was quince. Nah, me being so much better than snare. Me being short and the the, the, size, the doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it would, it's on my knees. <laughs> oh, you know okay. what I mean. So, so yeah, I got. Yeah. It was just. It was bad, man. It was snare. just a bad deal. <laughs> they got adjustable shit these days, and so back then, just being a, a yeah, small no, back, kid. Back then, you you got especially in a small school. One size fits so, out. Yeah, yeah. Fits all you got my ass. Was there. <laughs> yeah, and having to carry back because like you had to break down your snare, and it was in a big black excuse me big black carrying case hard plastic i gotta carry that motherfucker all the way from school to home i mean that was probably what that was a good 10 12 blocks i think in franklin (laughs) oh yeah i oh i wish i I had this meme that was a house i never want to play snare for fact though too i I liked having the different tones and i think that's just why i eventually became playing guitarist instead of drummer just i liked the idea of having more than one tone out of it at least right i played well also yet it was everybody got changed around too you know what i mean so i was like it was bass and snare you know because obviously i was like i'm the advanced one in it so right, right. yeah and then uh but i mean i played cymbals you know uh i never played cymbal yeah i was in jazz band for a little while I remember i got to bring clayton in a buddy of mine i went to school with because he was an electric guitarist, and I finally convinced whoever the band teacher was at the time, I think it might have been Mrs. Florence, to bring Clayton in. As <laughs> How'd know. that go? Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was there. I didn't yeah. know if he, could read, if he was able yeah. to read music or not. Yeah, but, yeah, it was all dope. I remember that. That was so awesome. Uh, but this episode's coming to an end, uh, so uh, Chip, We'll give you the last shout out. Uh, go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug, and the show and camera is on you, friend. <laughs> well, Jacksonville Drumline Institute. Uh, students, if you have kids that are wanting to learn how to play drums, beginner class twenty dollars a month, and if they make it up to the performer class, it's fifty dollars a month. Uh, which is real cheap compared to regular drum lessons, $15, $25 an hour. With an experienced, I mean, the guy's a veteran. Uh, he's my father. I mean, I've been drumming 30 when, plus when you years. Guys practice? Uh, Wednesday nights, 5.30 to 8 for the, the big group, and then 5 to 6.30 for the beginner's class on Thursday, and then the big group comes back in at 6.30 to 8.30 on Thursday nights. I was doing it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but I decided that it's, it's a little hectic. So I moved it. I moved the beginners class and then had the older kids come in behind the beginners mm. on Thursday nights. So that way, um, that kind of frees up my Friday nights so that I can uh, go watch Madison cheer right, at right. the high school. That's good. And then while I'm there, I also check out the band while I'm there because most of the kids that are in the high school band, a lot of them are in my right, right. group. They're going mm-hmm. through a rough so, time this year. Oh, yeah, your, da- yo, yeah your daughter dates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yesterday, he was like, I said, you guys want to go out for lunch after our performance? And he's like, well, kind of got to 
date with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, okay. All right. I said, you're going to just live on love, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Just going to live on love. <laughs> live on love, brother. Their but, anniversary was just have six months. Oh, yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Moving. It's crazy. Uh, but, uh, Thank you, Chip, for coming well, to be on the show. Me. Yeah, thank you. That was it was awesome. I'm sure we'll, we'll most definitely have you back. We'll try to get like a kick Haley out of here and get an old drummers. Uh, <laughs> I can play drums to an extent. Okay, that's too. fine. I that's can't fine. play metal. I can't. I have not the stamina to do that. But I can play some <laughs> jazz and funk. But you uh, know, I think jazz is cooler than the uh, punk. I like playing funk. It's fun. It's just hard uh, to no. Don't get me wrong. I like it. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, if you go back and look at the old jazz, you know Gene Cooper and some of those guys. I post videos of the old timers on on the web. They're good. The time. They're phenomenal. They do some amazing. Things. They they are phenomenal. And then you sit back and look, and they're playing traditional grip. Yeah. No. That's and, something yeah, I never yeah. got into. And um, you know, they're playing traditional grip, and they're doing all kinds of cool stuff with the hi hat, playing the bottom of it, the yeah. top of it. Mm-hmm. And 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 never miss a lick, throwing her sticks in the air and catching them. Did you see the last one I posted? Mm-mm. Oh man, you have to check that one out. I will. But- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for another episode of the So Fucking Awesome Show. Uh, check us out on YouTube and a podcast near you. Chip, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris Haley. As always, a pleasure. I'm Brooke. We're signing off. <laughs>